DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It's time to welcome in Tim Brando. You're on Fox Sports College Football and Basketball broadcast. He's been on the show many times. He's back. Tim, thanks for joining us again. Good morning, DJ, PJ. How are you? We are doing well this morning. I am curious if you found that that championship game was a satisfying end to the season or the expansion to the 12-team playoff looms over us and the fact it was two SEC teams wrecked it even if the fourth quarter was dramatic. Look, you know, with all of its foibles and with all of the issues that are off the field that, you know, I'm I'm sure maybe a lot of people that follow me on Twitter uh, get a little bit fatigued by my complaints. Um, The college game is still the greatest game. It's one of the reasons why I, um, I feel the need to point out the problems because I love it so much. And I think people know that my criticism is genuine and it comes from a prism of love. And if they don't, well, then, you know, they're, they're lost in Twitterville <laughs> and total negativity because uh, they don't know my past and they don't know my present and they don't understand that I still feel my future uh, involves college football until the day I die. And uh, but, but but the bottom line is that game in the as bad as it was for a half and it was pretty bad uh, for a half. It was uh, it looked like a lot of of SEC rematches we've seen in the past. Um, uh, you know the 2011 LSU Alabama game was uh, in the BCS is what helped us get to four teams because it was just a colossal bore. Uh, I don't think LSU got past the 50-yard line in that game in New Orleans uh, that night. Uh, America just doesn't like to see rematches, and particularly rematches with teams out of the same conference that played a month ago. Uh, I don't know what the rating will be. My guess is it will not be very good, probably uh, 10%, 15%, maybe less than the Ohio State-Alabama game a year ago. Um but it was, uh, as, as college football can be, and only college football can be, it delivered uh, in, in, in ways uh, that, that professional sports simply can't. You know, a preferred walk-on who, who was not recruited by anybody uh, that was major uh, coming out of high school, that went to a small junior college, and then after he excelled at, at, at the, the, the J.C. in the state of Mississippi, uh, pretty much turned down Georgia when they asked him to come back. But his dream as a kid was to be a starting quarterback in Athens, Georgia. And he outduels and makes the biggest plays uh, of his life against the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, and, and slays the dragon that is Alabama football. Uh, that's, I mean, that's legendary. Okay, they'll be talking about that uh, in Athens, Georgia. And, you know, college football's currency is its history. You know, it really is. And to have waited 41 years to win a national title since Herschel Walker was a freshman uh, to get it and to have been so close as Georgia has been for a handful of years. And it was Alabama that did them in most of the time, cost them their chance. Um to have this kid pull it off when everybody, I mean, up until the third, my man Joel Klatt, and I actually retweeted it, said if JT Daniels is, is can walk, he needs to come into the game. And then, boom, okay, look what happened. Um, you know, only college football fellas can deliver that. Only. 
college football. And even with its issues, NIL, transfer portal, uh, the thought that we're losing, you know, what amateurism is all about uh, because of the changes that are being made in intercollegiate athletics and specifically college football, you can just throw all that out. Okay, the, the, the greater good won out last night, and uh, we should celebrate it. We, we really should. From the Pac-12 perspective, George Kalofkoff, the new commissioner, before the Pac-12 title game, he was very blunt in saying that we have got to do a much better job in terms of keeping West Coast kids in the conference. Now, you look at George, Alabama, Bryce Young throws a an interception at the end of the game. So he's from California. Uh, Ringo, the kid who catches it, is from the Phoenix area, right? So you got you got one yeah. for going all two kids literally in the Pac-12 area, just miles mm-hmm. miles away uh, from from three schools, basically four schools if you co- count uh, the U of A and ASU and then the two LA schools. Uh, it's an issue. It's a serious issue. What can be done from the Pac-12 perspective? Because it seems like they've got a commissioner who's willing to acknowledge that everything isn't great, and they've created this uh, sort of all-star panel of ex-players in the conference to try to do stuff. From your perspective, what can be done to buoy up the Pac-12 and in terms of being able to be stronger and going a long way towards keeping kids home in the conference? I look forward to meeting Klyavkov because I've I've liked some of what I've seen him say. Uh, I've not met uh, George yet. I look forward to it. Uh, I really do. I think uh, his acumen, particularly uh, from the standpoint of um, of um, uh, the gaming aspect of, of, of college sports and how that can help drive interests uh, from those that maybe we need to coerce to come over to the college side. Um, college football is and college sports in general uh is is i think an afterthought in certain corridors of the country and and the west coast has become one of those corridors and that's unfortunate uh i I would recommend that his blue ribbon panel include some people from outside the west coast because you know i've had this conversation with many athletic directors uh, and past commissioners, um, and I'm close to um, some of them. I was close to all of them uh, before a lot of them retired. You know, um, the, the former ACC commissioner uh, I was close with. Uh, Jim Delaney is somebody I, I know very, very well. Uh, Mike Slive before he died, and I were very good friends and close. And I, and I know Greg Sankey uh, from the SEC. But part of what's going on right now that's a problem uh, is the inability uh, to unify these these leaders of commission the commissioners of all the different conferences? They've got to find some common ground uh, to specifically talk to the issues that are affecting uh, the Pac-12. They they really need to admit that they need to find a new blueprint in the Pac-12. Okay, for instance, in Salt Lake at Utah, okay, there is a natural fandom that the Utes have for themselves. And that was evidenced at the Rose Bowl. You may have lost the game, okay, but you won the gate. That was clear. And I think that's true with a lot of Pac-12 schools where the college community really does take over the metropolitan area 
And Salt Lake does have a, a metropolitan area. It's, in a lot of ways, a big little place that's engulfed by the university um, and, by extension, by, by other universities. The whole dynamic with BYU and Utah serves to help both, I think. That, that rivalry uh, serves to help both. You don't have that when you go into the state, by, by example, of Arizona. Okay? Uh, it's just there's so much geography so much vast land between locations that this notion that everybody from the conference can get on the same page, it just doesn't happen. Okay, the mindset of fans is completely different. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, you can't change history. There's, there's just a lot of history uh, with, with certain schools and college football. But you can develop you can develop interest and energy and enthusiasm by by doing what's in the best interest of the sport. Uh, for years, having the title game in Santa Clara was just a mistake, a big mistake. Um, hopefully, that's going to change. Um, the, the notion that um, the Pac-12 is, for whatever reason, steadfast about not wanting to go to 12 teams for fear that uh, more SEC teams will get in if we don't go the AQ route. Look, I, I, I don't care, and I would love to have this conversation with guys like Klavkov, uh as well as uh, Jim Phillips, the new commissioner of the ACC, whom I know and respect. But, you know, you're the league that needs to have 12 teams in the playoff more than anybody. Okay? You're hemorrhaging money. You're not making in television what other conferences are making. So whatever your issues are, as it relates to meeting and not coming to any kind of conclusion about expansion, uh, that needs to be repaired. Uh, and, and listen, these kids want to be on television. They want to know that their own individual brands will grow with the brand of the conference. And, and right now, there are a lot of unanswered questions about that particular direction with the Pac-12. So anytime you have uh, greater access and, and a 12-team format would give the Pac-12 at least, you're guaranteed you're, you're going to get one in, and you might get more. Why worry about the SEC or anybody else getting multiple teams in? Okay, that, that, they need to fix that. You want to keep teams at home, then you need to make sure that the players out there know that you take college football seriously. Uh, these kids that are going to the SEC from the West Coast, they know, and, and you can scoff at it all you want, but they know that college football is a big deal down here. You know, I've grown up in the South. I li- I've lived in Louisiana all but uh, four years of my life when I was in Connecticut working at ESPN in the late 80s. Uh, I, I lived somewhere else. But the rest of my life, I've either been in Uh, My hometown, which is Shreveport, I live here. I've been here for 31 years since I moved back from Connecticut. Uh, And I worked in Baton Rouge and New Orleans, the other places. So uh, it's a part of our lives. It's a fabric of our lives. Um, And and I just don't believe that, uh, you know, you can do that on the West Coast because of, you know, the pro sports mentality of so many fans. Uh, Basketball is a much bigger deal at some schools. Uh, Arizona, I think, falls into that category. A few other places. Uh, football players want to play where they believe they're noticed and appreciated. 
and, and I think that's one of the reasons why Kyle, while Kyle Whittingham has done such a great job at Utah. Uh, Utah players know that they're noticed and they know that they're appreciated, particularly there. Uh, and as I said, that was, um, even though you lost the game to Ohio State, I still think it was the best game of the bowl season. And, and, and of the losing teams, no one appeared stronger, okay, in defeat than uh, the Utes. Tim Brando joining us, college football and basketball broadcaster for Fox Sports. So the Pac-12 needs a path back to national relevance, and money seems like the shortest route. What are the odds a program like USC or Oregon, maybe somebody else, but one of those two grabs name, image, and likeness and pours a ton of money directly into player and essentially into player acquisition? Well, again, that was another thing I thought – uh, when they were having the, the uh, press conferences at the uh, national championship, uh, Saban and, and uh, Kirby Smart were both. Oh, you know, we really need to get some, uh, you know, some national uh, regulations going here. <laughs> How are you going to do that? Okay, first off, uh, it, it, it you know Congress isn't going to bail you out. The NCAA tried to get them to help. That 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 didn't work. The NCAA could have been you know, taking a leadership role. They chose not to. Uh, they're decentralizing now. I think uh, Emmert has decided if I can make $4 million a year and not have to do anything, that's what I'll do. Uh, so it's up to the states. And I think, look, look, the schools, most of the schools are state universities. Some are private, but most of them are state schools. They need to put the pressure on to make sure that they get uh, the right kind of laws in place so they can take advantage of name, image, and likeness. So be proactive in that regard. Uh, and, yeah, uh, this is about doing what's right for the growth of your sport and for the people that you're trying to procure to come and play it. The genie is out of the bottle. Anybody – and I was, uh, <laughs> I've got friends of mine that are my age and older, uh, you know, and I'm a very young 65, right, fellas? A young yeah. Oh, no question. I thought you were yeah, 55. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what I'm saying is, if, if people have a problem with this, we're, we're not winding the clock back. We're not going to bring the, the boat back into dock. That, that, baby, that ship has sailed. And, and we're going to have to live with this. Times are changing, and you've got to change with it. And uh, the NIL is a big deal. And those schools that are going to, and I had planned for it. You know, individual schools planned on this. There are agencies and firms privately run that that help the schools plan for and uh, are implementing what needs to be done uh, to monitor what's going on with NIL. And if you were asleep at the switch, then shame on you. Um, but, yeah, the, the best way to go about it, and listen, it's a marketing opportunity, and I think we'll – the schools that are best equipped to handle it, sure, are places like SC, um, maybe UCLA, although I don't know you know, what their thought process is. They're certainly well-positioned, uh, and, and, and Oregon is another one that could fall into the category. But if you don't take advantage of that, then this, that's on you. You've got to be prepared and, and be ready to go. And uh, all the money that they've spent through the years on compliance officers at these schools – uh, they need to be spending uh, a, a lot more money on, you know, public relations 101, NIL 101, and and get people in there to, to yes, keep an eye on what's going on, but also be proactive to help 
the athletes get the kind of deals that they can be happy with and know that they're they're being compensated in a fair and equitable manner by comparison to those schools that they're in competition with. Uh, everything's changed here. And if a lot of fans have tuned out or they feel like it's not the same, well, you know what? Uh, times change, and, and if you don't change with them, that you're going to be left behind. Um, uh, the notion that uh, these kids today are playing for old state U, uh, sorry, that's not how they think these days, okay? Yeah, they want to play college ball, but they're, they also want to play college ball at a place they believe can set them up uh, for their futures. And that's the mindset of the guys, whether they have the ability to play at the next level or not. Which AD has the guts to hire Urban Meyer? <laughs> Man, that's a good one. Oh, God. Huh. That is a boy, that's a hell of a question. Uh, I was thinking about this uh, last night watching uh, Dan Mullen do some um, studio uh, analyst work for ESPN. You know, Dan's going to be, he's probably going to take a year off. He doesn't have got so much money. These guys are paid so much money not to coach. Why coach? But I could see Urban going someplace and maybe calling his old buddy. Mullen's available, you know, yeah. right? So that could be a ready-made staff, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> they were here in Utah. That's a great, that, that, that is a great question. Um, somebody will. Uh, it, it may take another year or two, but but somebody will. Uh, he'll never coach, obviously, at the at the NFL level. But um, gosh, I, you know, yeah, Urban was so good on TV. I, I wonder sometimes it, it, does he rethink uh, even going to the NFL because he had really, I thought, changed his uh, image. Uh, in a very positive way in the time that he spent with us at Fox. Right. Uh, I mean, he was really good in that studio. Uh, but I don't know. God, that's a, Boy, that's a great question. I'll have to think about that one. And I probably will all day long, now that you asked. Do you think it's impossible that he get hired and coach it? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, no, slam the door, that's over. Are you comfortable saying that and us holding on to the tape and playing it for you when he gets hired and you come back on the show? No, with Urban? uh, I I don't know. I don't think it's ever really over, okay? Um, uh, Let's, let's by comparison, uh, let's let's by comparison think about uh, guys that fell into disfavor uh, for uh, alleged stories that were of questionable... uh, alleged stories of questionable morality, okay? Um, Hugh Freeze resurfaced, did he not? Yep. At Liberty. Yeah. Jerry Falwell, you were crying out loud. So, and the guy can coach. The the big question in this part of the country is when will an SEC AD rehire Hugh Freeze? Uh, Urban situation is different but similar. And and so I, I would never say never. (laughs) <laughs> I, I would never. I would never say never. I, I would say never to the NFL. I mean, that, you know, that, that'll never happen again. But at the collegiate level, would would somebody do that? Yeah, yeah, look, these guys. The man has got a track record in college sports of being, you know, one of the best ever. I mean, um, you look at um, Mount Rushmore for 
uh, the last uh, 25 to 30 years of college football. And Urban, you know, uh, until recently, uh, Urban would have been on it. You know, uh, maybe not now, but he certainly would have been on it prior to, you know, his escapades in Jacksonville. If Sarkeesian doesn't work at Texas, that is the fan base that is so rabid and so motivated and cannot accept getting beat like a drum in the SEC by Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and LSU. Can't accept it. That's a good point. I would say that it'll be a while, I think, fellas, before we see those teams go into the SEC. Uh, have you noticed how, how all that conversation has cooled? Um, you know, the... Uh, the realignment, which is driving, I think, in so many respects, why the, the athletic directors and commissioners of the conferences uh, are saying no to expansion right now. One of the, the, the ways that they can, that, you know, the, the excuses that they can give is until realignment is settled and until um, we have our new television contracts for our conferences, we're, we're going to make these guys, you know, stand up to the grant of rights that they paid. You know, it's still, I think the number might go from $80 million to maybe $60 million because of years with Oklahoma and Texas. But those schools don't want to pay that money right now. Even though they've got all the money that they need, they don't want to pay that money to go into the SEC right now and get their butts kicked. They're not ready. They're not ready to go into that league uh, at this stage. And and I look the, the the Big Twelve is set now with um, with Cincinnati and with UCF, uh, with Houston and with um, BYU. Um, they're, they're set to have their league without those two schools, but as long as they can hold on to them financially, their rights for television are much greater if they stay where they are. So they're they're not going to push them out. They're going to make them pay the money to get out if they want to. But I think it's at least going to be a couple of years before we see those schools go into the Southeastern Conference. Uh, And by the way, uh, the SEC on CBS is going to stay in place probably for three years because uh, they only paid $55 million annually for that contract. The ESPN paid over $300 million to get it away, but they don't get the actual product until 2025. Why would CBS give that up unless ESPN paid them market value for it? So I I think we're going to see everything settle, and we're going to still have the teams where they are for at least the next couple of years. That's the reason why you're seeing the the idea of moving to 12 uh, right now in the playoff. That's the reason why you're seeing everybody say, no, we're not going to agree to this. Because all these commissioners want to get their new TV deals intact before they make the big splash with, uh, with, tw- with a 12-team format. They're playing a game of chicken right now, and I think the game is all, is all built around their new TV deals that have to be done. You know, once they feel like they've gotten all their money for that, then and only then will they say, okay, yeah, we'll go to 12 because we can make $2 billion a year uh, on the college football playoff as opposed to you know, $670 million they currently make. I love amateur athletics. <laughs> it's listen i've been saying this for years uh fans don't necessarily care uh, media we can talk about it uh but but fans do need to understand that it is big business and uh the question oftentimes comes up yeah but these are college kids 
And I'll go, yeah, but what is the mission of your university? All right, what is, what is the mission statement of your university? And, and you know, a lot of times people will go, well, they're, they're there to educate our young people. Okay, yeah, they are, but would you put, would you also say that the mission statement is to make as much money as humanly possible? I don't know if you guys have sent your kids to college, <laughs> but I, I sent a, a, my two girls, and, and I'm here to tell you, most institutions of higher learning, their mission statement begins with making money. Education, yes, but making money, too. And these schools now know how much more they can make on big-time college athletics. And uh, for any fan or, or any member of the media not to understand that is just burying your head in the sand. Tuition was due on Friday the 7th, and they did not announce whether the school, which is out of state uh, from Utah, didn't, the school did mm-hmm. not announce until after tuition was due whether they were going to be online or in person, knowing well, full well go. that they were going to irritate half of the tuition payers either way. Right. I mean, no matter what they said, people were going to be upset. So they waited until Absolutely. tuition was paid, and then they made the announcement. <laughs> Tim, we appreciate the go. time. As always, thanks so much. Happy to be with you. Happy New Year. And, um, you know, I can't wait for, uh, you know, toe to meet leather again next year. We've got some great basketball to, to follow between now and then, and I'm fired up for the round ball these days. Tim Brando, college football and basketball broadcaster for Fox Sports. Join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, next. We'll get you up to speed. Stay with us.